This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I know. I, it's a, I don't know how to answer that question. I mean, if it wasn't Patrick Layard's season, it would be Rashad Penny's season. <laughs> I'm going to pull for Zach Zenner this week. Zach Zenner. Such a hater. What team is Zach even on there? Yeah, Dolphins signed him. I didn't even know that. Yeah, baby. So while you guys are saying Laird, we'll call Zenner. It's like the choice everyone's not taking. So in DFS, let's go, Zenner. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Neil's lock of the week. I'm locking him in. Zach Zenner. 4.7 points. (laughs) Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot go with him. Can't do it. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. You are now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers podcast. I am your host, Neil. With me is Mr. Two out of 22 and DFS, and he's still a winner. What's up, Adam? Not DFS, best ball. You best failed ball. your intro. Same shit. Same shit, man. It's fucking, you don't do shit anyway. It's just daily yeah, shit. Yeah, it seems like the uh, the best ball championship series was brutal uh, for a lot of people. Um, but luckily, I was uh, able to have James White just shock the world and keep me in uh, my only share of uh, the, the mega best ball championship. So at least one of those two... Uh, has some decent money on the line still. And that's why that's why you put a James White in your team, man, just for moments like these. You I, know I've been rostering him year after year. Let's say he's he's true and true, man. Now you know we wouldn't do a show without the man of many job roles who isn't on the payroll, Rashad Penny's Wikipedia page editor, Rashad Penny's Twitter mascot, <laughs> Mr. I'll find a way to mention Rashad Penny in every football conversation. What's up, Josh? You're really taking the fun out of this, you know? If you put it right there for me, I feel like it's just it's too easy. Listen, i seen you change your Twitter handle to Rashad. Something about asking me about Rashad Penny. I'm like, what is this guy doing? I couldn't believe you were that guy, man. I was like, is this Josh? I just want to talk about Rashad Penny. That's all, all he wants to do, Adam. That's all he wants to do. That's all right. We'll, we'll talk about Rashad Penny. We'll, we'll give you your... Your moment to shine, Josh. Don't worry. It'll come. Um, It is playoff time. Only the skilled and the lucky have survived, I guess you could say. If you've been listening to us all season, I know you have a bunch of playoff teams. Right, guys? So many. Of course. They must. Nothing but. Of course. So let's, let's get them, you know, some success now in the playoffs. Adam, let's get them to the championship. Let's get them to the big dance. Some people don't have bye weeks since they're not me. Um, so we have to help them win this week. And uh, let's do that. Let's start with headlines like we always do. We have injuries. We have some players that were signed. We have a little mixture of everything. 
with it being the playoffs, obviously you have to, you know, so we're, we're going to mention some guys here. And obviously, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll discuss more about how much risk you want to take in the playoffs. But let's talk about some guys anyway that have signed and got hurt and all this other good stuff. Uh, Chiefs signed Spencer Ware. I think Ware has been trying out for like a bunch of teams this year. Finally found himself a spot back on his old team because of the injuries they're dealing with. Do you guys care about Spencer Ware? I mean, at this point at all? Yeah, I think you have to because Andy Reid hates Darwin Thompson. And (laughs) it's pretty evident at this point that he wants someone who's been in that system before. Um, This week, I mean, you're going to be without both of the Williams boys. So I don't see LaShawn McCoy getting a full workload. So where's going to get touches? I mean, how many touches? I don't know. I'd probably say like five to ten. But. Would I be shocked if Spencer Ware came in and they gave him 15 touches? I wouldn't be. I mean, it, it's the Andy Reid system. They're going to keep cycling in running backs, and they're going to have potential for, for big performances. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's weird, but just him signing off the streets makes him fantasy relevant. Right. He's a little different because he is, like you said, familiar with the team. He's been on the team. He knows the system. Uh, Josh, he is playing the Patriots, though. Does that give you any concern? Well, yeah, it all gives me concern because I just don't (laughs) think that anybody knows anything about the Kansas City backfield anymore. Like, it's just over. All of those backs are just completely, I mean, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, it really is. Nobody has safe volume. Yeah, it's one of those things like you feel like any of them can score a touchdown. You know, any of them could be flex worthy if they just got a couple, you know, a couple of plays to go their way and a touchdown. So it's like, but again, it's the Patriots. It's the playoffs. I personally feel like I don't I'm not trusting any of these guys. Um, I don't know if in particular you guys have to start them in any of your leagues, any of these running backs and you're in a bad spot or you're flex. Are you guys running into that at all? I'm not. But I mean, like where feels like one of those weird guys who I mean, he he's an ad, but against someone like you know, Patrick Layard, who's probably out there on waivers. Like, are you really going to pick up Spencer Ware and play him when you just, you have no idea what to expect. So I think going into the fantasy playoffs, I'm much more willing to take a risk on something we know than something we don't. Yeah. And hopefully you're in one of those redraft leagues where they don't let those pesky people who got eliminated pick up waivers, you know, you don't have to worry about them. Then you can get your wear, you know? You know oh, what man. I mean, Adam? I'm just I'm just glad you're dropping this now so it doesn't have to be a foul or no foul so I don't have to talk to you about it. Uh, don't worry about it. It's all right. I'm done playing redraft after this year anyway. I don't believe I it. will be playing a ton of best ball and a ton of DFS because it's so much fun. And I'll keep my dynasty leagues. But, yeah, the whole best ball is just turned into a rules debate. <laughs> it's so silly. Yeah, that's what happens, Adam. That's what happens. We also have here on the headlines that Lockett was an offer last week. He was to be, you know, to make it fair, he was sick. He was sick, guys. He did go up against the Vikings defensive backs, but he got no points. Do you guys have any issue trusting Lockett in the playoffs? Do you have any concern at all? Or do you, are you just chalking it up as he was sick? They took the, you know, the secondary targeted him, made him a focus and I'm not worried about it at all. I I don't, I have trust issues with him. I mean, having the flu or whatever it was that he had is, that's a real thing. But I just, I don't think that 
he's back from his leg issue. I, I think that's still bothering him. And so I, I'm just going to be a, a week late at this point on putting Tyler Lockett back into my lineup. I'm not going to lie. I'm yeah. a little shocked you said that. Adam, are you with him on that? I mean, it's so funny to me that you're on the other side of this because this reminds me so much of David Johnson. Like, it's the same type of situation. <laughs> guy gets an injury. Guy misses time. Guy comes back. Guy has absolutely no production. Yeah. And you guys are flip-flopping roles. Like, you know, it, it, to me, it's the same situation. And I feel the same way I did about David Johnson. There is something more going on. Now, does that mean he's going to be injured this week or was it the flu I, I mean i don't know i i'm not close enough to a team to know i'm not close enough to lock it to know i don't think probably even other players on the team are going to know for sure what we're going to know is if it prolongs itself so yeah i'd be concerned if i have him definitely but i think at the same time i'm not going to be surprised at all if he comes out and just has a normal game and it was the flu last week and he's over the injury so I just think that there's there's too much unknown to feel confident, but at the same time, like I still think he he has potential for upside. What what percentage of like playoff rosters do you think Lockett and David Johnson are gonna mess up one way or the other this week? Whew. Like really piss off. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, I think people are off David Johnson as well. Okay, so you don't think no one's worried about him? So Lockett, I mean, do you think do you think there's a percentage of people who are actually gonna be affected in a big way one way or the other? Or do you think majority people are just going to start them? Like, what do you think the consensus is in, 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 you know, in a majority sense? I think the majority of people are going to play Lockett because of how he's produced so far this season yeah. and because of how reliable Russell Wilson has been. And it's a good matchup. So, like, there's a lot of factors that are going in that direction. What's hilarious to me is this is a guy who, since week nine, hasn't done anything. So, I mean... We're all remembering his giant game against Tampa Bay, but there, yeah, there, there hasn't been anything since. It's so similar to David Johnson, and I think with both these situations, there's either there, there there's either something more going on where the guy's more injured than we're getting information on, and they're still playing for whatever reason, um, or this is just like some crazy descent. So I don't know personally. I think it's similar to DJ in the sense that I, I think he's hurt. So I, I don't think I'd feel confident in starting him at all. Gotcha. All right. That's fair. Um, a guy that uh, hasn't really done much in fantasy, Kalen Balaj had a leg injury. He's done. Um, I'm not going to talk about the guy who's replacing him. I'll let you two talk about him since you guys care way more than I do. Um, so go ahead and take the mic fellas. You know, Patrick Laird is very, he's exciting, but I really feel like Miles Gaskin might quietly have the best chance to like completely, completely consolidate the workload if someone is going to, because Patrick Laird has been like completely worthless on the ground. And I know that, that, you know, catches targets are a lot more valuable, but he, he has like no hope of of inhabiting that role. He he is very much limited to the pass catching role from what we've seen. So blasphemy. <laughs> I mean he is theoretic on the ground. Like you can try running him. You're going to regret it. 0.5 yards per carry is not bad. It's so, just different. I mean if he if he's gonna get 
six, seven, eight targets, you know, then maybe you have something. But otherwise, I think Miles Gaskins might be overlooked a little bit here. It's Zach Zenner season, boys. <laughs> Zach Zenner season. I'm telling you. He's going cool to get the touchdowns. I just, yeah. I mean, honestly, though, I'm pretty much with Josh. It, it's theoretic. I mean, that's what we're looking at here. It's theoretic who doesn't even get targeted every game. So you can't be that confident in Patrick Layard to just take over. I mean, it, if anything, he's just going to be somebody who sees a good amount of targets and has a high PPR floor because of that. That That's the most you're hoping from for him. On his best day, he is James White on his worst day. So, like, for me, if you're in the fantasy playoffs and you have to play Patrick Layard, you, you cannot be too happy with that. Um, but he he does have the potential for a high floor just because of his targets. If you're one of those people who get wrapped up in the fantasy community on Twitter, fantasy community on podcast, you may be one of the people who are susceptible to starting this guy, right? I mean, there's a hype machine that's very strong. And there are people who fall victim to this, right? I mean, I don't care what you guys say. People are going to fall victim to this hype that is being built up. I don't know if it's jokingly or for real or what it is, but there are going to be people who fall into that. I mean, some people are just going to be susceptible to it. And I'm not a fan of it. So, Are you trying to accuse Laird of being a false prophet? Of course not. I would never do such a thing. <laughs> I don't even think he's I don't even think he's the one calling himself a prophet. It's a bunch of other people. <laughs> I mean, he went on the podcast of people who are, so like I, I mean it's pretty close. It's always interesting to me when he's like, I don't even know what this fantasy stuff is. Like, oh, what's going on so here? Good. It's like, how is this possible? How is it possible that you're a football player and you can say something like that? It's just so uh, I don't know. It's weird to me. Are you gonna start Patrick Laird or Matt Breida this week? Uh is Breida officially Ra- back. Raheem Mazart. <laughs> No. Yeah, right. It's, it's like... Brita. It's Brita. Quit doing this. It's Brita. Uh, yeah. Zach Zenner. Trust me, folks. <laughs> if you have to do something dangerous, you go Zenner. That's all I got to say. Aziata. <laughs> Somebody that's also, well, someone that's returning this week is John Ross. He has been activated from IR, and he's more worthy of a start than Patrick. It's just the facts. This one actually matters for fantasy, in my opinion. This does matter. I think it does. You add them over those pesky dwellers who aren't in the leagues anymore, but they still get to pick off waivers. You add John Ross. You ruin someone's season. No, I'm just kidding. You do add John Ross if you don't have if he's on someone's team. I think you add him. I think he's I think he's legit a factor. Is anyone with me on this? Yeah, I mean, I don't see how you can start him this week, but he's a nice speculative ad because, I mean, when he was playing with Andy Dalton at the beginning of the year, he had some explosive games. Now, do I think he's just going to automatically have that occur again? By no means. But if the potential's there and this late in the season, I mean, he's the type of player that you want to have on your bench. There's so much junk that you probably have on your bench if you're in the fantasy playoffs stuff that players that you know you're never going to feel confident to play i feel like if john ross goes out and has a 20 point week this week you can feel pretty confident to play him if andy dalton's going to continue being the quarterback so i think that there's definitely a potential for upside and if you're a and if you're a listener uh, uh, a consistent listener of the podcast you know how good andy dalton is from adam so that's important i mean did you guys see last week he got the job done man 
I know, and it's almost like on a podcast someone said that would happen. <laughs> Josh, I mean, do you think Adam said that or he kind of backtracked? Go listen I, to the tape. I, I know the he's, tape. Like, he's been higher on Dalton than we have in some of the rankings. Fine. I, I don't mind Andy Dalton. It'll be nice. It'll be nice. Fine. It'll be nice about it. Speaking of quarterbacks, Josh made sure we got this on the show. Russell Wilson is not good on mic'd up. Josh, please your case on why this is. He's like the cases that no one, none of the other teammates paid him any mind. Like they just act like, like, well, it's probably true that he's just doing this all the time. Like he's just <laughs> constantly making noise and they don't, they don't even react to him. Like he's fine. What he's doing is totally fine, but nobody seems to care. He he, he, he kind of sounded like a motivational speaker from like the 1950s. All right, man. Come on, guys. Let's go. A hundred percent. Yeah. He, um, (laughs) he, he is that guy though. I mean, this is the same guy who a couple years back had magic water. Like we forget about this level of Russell Wilson, but (laughs) then he gets mic'd up again and people are like, yeah, dude's a little, he's a little weird. He's a little quirky, but he's also like, he he reminds me of those yeah i mean he's like that that sort of like personal development mindset of like you just you have to keep your mind completely positive the whole time and I, honestly it's getting a lot of flack but it makes me curious like being in an environment like that if that is helping that team gel like if if that sort of mindset that sort of positivity is is helping the team gel and i think that some of it's editing because when I first saw like some of the clips online and stuff, I thought that he didn't know his players' names because every <laughs> single clip is him being like, "Yeah, good job, three two, good job, three two, two four. That's my boy, two four, two four. You're the good, you're the guy, you're the guy, two four. And it's just like this corny stuff where all he knows is like the numbers. But then you, sh- I've seen other clips now where he's calling Chris Carson Chris, where he's saying, you know, good job to Penny after he scores a touchdown, and like. Yeah, I mean, he's a little corny, but I, I think that's just – that's who Russell Wilson is. Like, I mean, I didn't ever think he was anything else. I mean, it may be why Rashad Penny is good at football, so let's not hit on it too hard. It's – I mean, it could be all – it could be right, the magic yeah, juice. Yeah. It could be what Penny's been missing, man. <laughs> you <laughs> just need a positive reinforcement. Yeah. I mean, come on. Let's not rag on Russell Wilson too bad, guys. He's a good football player. He's a great football player. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got a happy family. He's doing great, man. Maybe he talks around, about, around the house like that, too. Come on, guys. Let's go. Let's go. All right, guys. I'm five. He was like, all right, guys. This drive, we started. Why not? This drive right here. I'm like, all right. Maybe. Yeah. It'll be fun to see. Yeah. I don't know. They show Mike him up every week. Let's make it a thing. Let Josh have to deal with it every week. How do they choose that, by the way? Is there any, like, reason why they choose who they mic up? I, I heard that, like, every quarterback is mic'd. Oh, okay. So they just choose who they release, probably, or something? Yeah. Gotcha. All right. The last thing I wanted to get to here because it may greatly affect my teams. I haven't heard any updates. Dalvin Cook was hurt in this last game. My fantasy championships definitely depend on this guy. It's a big deal if he's really hurt. I don't know. Has anyone heard any updates on the seriousness of the injury? He's not. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not hurt. Wait, what? He's not hurt. Wait, did you say he's not practicing? Oh, this think- is interesting. He Okay, so Dalvin Cook came out after the game. And this is post-game press conference and essentially said that he could have returned to the game and sat out as a precaution. 
I was not aware if he missed practice today, so we should verify that. Well, he was limited, so I, I, it's okay. wrong to say he didn't practice. Yeah, but limited on a Monday, too. is Well, I'm sorry, not a Monday, but a day after a team plays is kind of a – or I'm sorry, today's Wednesday, but <laughs> Wednesday's another day where players get limited a lot, so I don't know. Latest update I mean, I on – I wouldn't be concerned. Listen, Pro Football Talk has an article up. It says, uh, whatever it is, Cook says he'll be back in action on Sunday against the Lions. I feel good. Cook said Wednesday via Vikings.com, actually better than I expected. I'll be out there Sunday and ready to get a W. So I feel much better now that we've gone through this together, guys. I yeah, I see how I work through that with my parent, my friends around, get me through this dark moment. I didn't want to have another David Johnson moment on my hands here. So yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook has an amazing matchup this week against Detroit, too. So yeah, that's phenomenal. It's beautiful. All right. So Dalvin Cook, everyone, take a big deep breath. We're okay. All right. Let's move over to trust issues. We're going to start with a running back who Adam was just talking about a moment ago, Darwin Thompson. And the trust issue is Darwin Thompson leading the Kansas City backfield in touches in week 14. Do we trust that or do we have trust issues? And since Adam felt pretty strongly about it, let's let him start. Yeah, I mean, it's serious trust issues. I, I don't know if he'll be second in touches. Like, I think where he's going to come in and he's probably going to get more touches than Thompson. And if McCoy is healthy again, he's definitely getting more touches. So yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I think everything's moving in the wrong direction for him. So I'd be, I'd be very surprised and I do not feel confident starting him in any fantasy format. Yeah. Someone who bought a lot of him in dynasty, man, I sure hope it changes course next year or something. Man. Because I've burned dollar bills on him in best balls. So. Yeah, it has to start off well. I, and, and in regards to the touches here, I don't know who's going to lead the backfield. I think it doesn't really matter too much because of the Patriots. I don't feel good about any of these guys against the Patriots. So, and, and to be honest, Patrick Mahomes hasn't been that amazing as of late. So uh, I'm really concerned with them against the Patriots, like all of their players. So I guess we'll see how that plays out. Josh, do you feel good about him leading the backfield? No. no? No, I, I'm pretty much just done with the Kansas City backfield at this point. Unless Spencer Ware comes out and gets 80% of the touches, you know, maybe then maybe then he's the guy. But until I see that, I'm, I'm not starting any of these guys. Yeah, it's one of those crazy things that in football could happen. So we'll see. Uh, the next one, James White. Again, someone we just spoke about who's saved Adam's best ball career this year. James White is a playoff RB1. Trust or trust issues? Josh. I, you know, it's hard for me to think that this is going to be sustained production, but I, I'm I'm glad it happened. I I'm going to be starting James White in a league this week. I think that he's going to be closer to his baseline of like you know 14 points, but it, it's definitely encouraging that he got 25. Didn't didn't even score a touchdown. You know, 11 targets, eight receptions. Maybe maybe the, the exact right game script just needs to hit for James White, and it may not do that again, but I, I'm glad to see it happen. Yeah, I feel like you could trust James White when the games matter. Adam, you agree, man? From, like, a football perspective, sure, but from, like, a fantasy perspective, I mean, it, it's interesting. Like, uh, the way the, the questions frame, do you trust him to be a top 12 back from here on out? Top 12 each week, you probably need 15 points or more. I think James White's floor is just below that. Like, 
what he did on the season is so crazily consistent up until the last three weeks that like he, he was between 11 and 13 points for the first eight weeks of the season. And then in week nine, he had 16 points. So like, and then in week 11, nine points, it's all within like the, the smallest standard deviation possible for like any player. And then he has a zero and 37. It's, it's so ridiculous, honestly, to go from being that consistent to just completely just disappearing in a game and then dominating the next week. So personally, I think that, yeah, I mean, it should normalize again based on everything we've seen. And just from a football perspective, like he's going to keep getting targets. And it's weird. They're not transitioning to running the ball because they haven't been able to have sustained leads. And we have another week now this week. They're playing at home, which is great, but they're playing against Kansas City, who probably can keep up with them in a a back-to-back game. So I don't think it's going to be a situation where they're going to be able to run the clock down, which means James White's going to be on the field and James White's going to be getting targets. So, like, I think he's kind of one of those guys that you got to approach on a week-to-week basis throughout the playoffs. But this week, I'm starting him. Yeah, I would say even if you don't trust him as a RB1 in the playoffs, you should just trust James White, like, to be who he is. And, I mean, no one could put it better than Adam, who said he is crazily consistent. Crazily consistent. So, yeah, that describes James White to the T, Adam. Crazily consistent. Let's move on to Drew Locke and whether he holds a job until week one of the 2020 season. Trust or trust issues? I trust it personally. Second round pick. Second round pick by Elway. He'll get his shot, man. I mean, he has decent weapons. They're going to, you know, I don't know. I just, Elway is such a, God, he's such a frustrating person to, the quarterbacks, man. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I trust it. If I had to if I had to choose, I trust it. I'm not crazy about it. I'm not crazy about him even. I mean, if you're like in a two QB dynasty league, I feel like you definitely should have him. If you if you do, don't like get rid of him or anything. But yeah, I mean I trust week one, twenty twenty. I do. Why shouldn't I, Josh? I mean, he does, like, he fits the John Elway model of stand tall, throw far. So there's that. And they did win the game. Even though it was on a Brandon McManus kick, they won the game. And if that keeps happening, he he probably keeps a job, even if it's not because of him. I, I don't think he did anything special. You know, he had a negative completion percentage over expectation in his first game out. But... He he managed to keep he managed to keep Cortland Sutton afloat. I I think I think he could do it. I don't trust it to happen. I wouldn't like trade for him as a player that will be worth a first in a year. Yeah, I mean, who am I to argue with Cortland Sutton? He said he came in and he played with some confidence and some swag. It was awesome to see him put it together. What he put together, he could be the future. He has the potential to be that guy for a long time here. I mean, how can I argue with his wide receiver, man? Yeah, I think that's like the perfect statement about him because he didn't say anything def- definitive. It right. was just, he could be, this could happen. I mean, his performance was great for a rookie debut. The question of whether or not he's going to be the starter next year coming into week one, I mean, 
I don't, I don't know. I don't see Denver drafting somebody. So real, really, the question is: Is Denver going to be in the free agent market trying to acquire a quarterback? And I mean, they are a franchise that I could see go after somebody in free agency again. But after just bringing in Flacco, it, it makes me curious. Like, I think there's real potential that Drew Locke is just the starter that they roll out there. I mean, the, the only issue is it doesn't really give them a fail safe if he fails. Because, I, I mean, I don't see them drafting a quarterback early. I see them more trying to acquire one in free agency. But if they do that, then he's not going to be the starter. So, I don't Maybe know. Like I think that maybe. him being the starter just gives them no safety net. So, I, I think that they probably bring in a vet. If they bring in a vet like Mariota, then he's the backup, Drew Locke. Uh, for a week. Yeah. For one week if it's Mariota. <laughs> <laughs> not very confident pass. I know Josh would love it, right, Josh? I would I would not mind Mariota in Denver. I was thinking Case Keenum. Case Keenum would turn that team into an eight and eight team. <laughs> That's right. Right where John Elway likes it. Right there on the spot. All right, the next one, Raheem Oster leads the San Francisco backfield in touches in week 14. I think he could do it. I think he could do it. This is, out of all of these, this is the one that I would be like, if I've got Moster on my bench, I'm probably just firing him up. Because the upside's there. And he, he, has, he has played well. He has played well better than the other two. If, if you look at, you know, his efficiency. So I think it could be it. I don't, and I think Shanahan might be the guy to say, okay, fine, you're the guy. I mean, the numbers disagree, right? I mean, as far as, like, every no. single week they've had, like, up and down different guy as a number one. like Well, yeah, like, as far as uh, opportunity share, that's been very back and forth. But as far as, like, just performance-based numbers, Mostert is actually out outplaying the other two. And it wouldn't surprise me if Shanahan just rolled with it. It would shock me if Shanahan just rolled with it. (laughs) Everything we've seen from Shanahan is anti-roll with it, and they are destroying the league that way. So I think they're going to continue to rotate backs. I think him not rotating backs is always just based out of necessity. And unfortunately, they've had a ton of health issues, so they have had to have games like this. And ironically, when almost anyone on that team gets a lot of touches, they have a huge game for fantasy. So to me, Mostert comes completely down to, is Matt Burita playing and how limited is he going to be? If they have him starting, or I mean, if they have him playing, so he, you know he's actually going to be active, and they don't talk about him being limited, I'm concerned for Mostert, just because I don't know what that touch share is going to look like. However, if they're going to limit Brita in any capacity, yeah, I think you roll Mostert out there and feel confident in it. So we kind of trust him. It just depends on the situation, I guess. Josh trusts him. Adam's kind of like, eh, depends if Brita plays, you know, is good to go or not. And I mean, yeah. like I said, just like just looking at you know this season's history, it just you know to be confident in any one of these backs is just I don't know. It's uh. Shaky at best, I feel like. You never know which one you're gonna get. And I don't really I don't really want to put that on my playoff team. I don't really want to worry about that. I don't know. Who who is somebody that you would start over him that you would feel a little more confident, even though it, you know, 
Like he who's close, but you would feel better in the playoffs. I think I would probably still start like an Austin Eckler over him, but I'm not sure really how close that is. I think that's a choice I actually have. James White. But, yeah, I would start James White over For him. Sure, I think. Right? But we would start him over any of the KC backs. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of one of those situations. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's going to be, uh, yeah, we'll see how that one plays out. All right. Starting the, over Patrick Laird. Yeah, I would definitely start over Patrick Laird. We're going to get this show burned to the ground if these people hear this. <laughs> They're not going to be happy with us. Um, all right. Uh, the last one we have here for trust issues is Robert Woods. And it's Robert Woods being the Rams' most targeted wide receiver rest of the season. This is another thing that, I don't know, this could go either way, too. It seems like these guys get juggled around. But, you know, the numbers of, of late say that we should trust. I don't know. Ah, I feel like it's the same thing as the last one. Doesn't it feel like the same situation as, as, as Mosser, but just as a wide receiver now? It does, but I mean... God, these last three weeks from Robert Woods are insane. You know, nine tar- or eleven targets, then nine targets, then freaking nineteen targets last week. Like they're yeah, they're using him in just an insane capacity, and it's so weird. And I just wonder if Jared Goff's just getting to the point where he's uncomfortable and he's just locking in on somebody. Because um, I mean that that's what that seems like. I mean Arizona's the easiest passing matchup potentially in the league. And he's given one guy 19 targets. Like, it just seems like it's just locking in. So, this week against Seattle, I don't see it being as, like, friendly of a game script. I mean, as far as if Woods is going to get the most targets moving forward, I'd say I'd say probably. Uh, I mean, I'd probably trust him to do that, honestly. But the quality of those targets is what I would be kind of nervous about. Because um, I think if, you know, if they're in negative game script, which... They're probably going to be against Seattle. We've seen with Jared Goff, unfortunately, it, it can slide really negative. And if he has one of those games, Robert Woods is, is you know, he's, he's going to crush your fantasy team. I will say this for old Jared Goff. Uh, they played <laughs> Seattle in week five, and zero hurries were, recover- were reported for that game. So maybe – Maybe he gets another. I, I feel like that's what it is. Is that if if you can pressure Jared Goff, he will fall apart. But I don't know that Seattle's going to do that. He's Derek Carr. <laughs> like I, honestly, like seventy five percent of the quarterbacks in the NFL, yeah, are Derek Carr. Basically, <laughs> put a little pressure on them, and the whole thing goes yeah. shit. Yeah, everybody's trash under pressure, <laughs> except for like five guys. Exactly. Oh, man, those five guys are so good. They really are. (laughs) It's one of those things where you're a fan of any other team besides one of those five guys' teams. You're like, man, this sucks. Like, (laughs) you just watch and you're like, those guys are way better than our quarterback, and we know it. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. That's it for trust issues. Let's move over to rank them, rank them, rank them, rank them. For the first category, we have not quite trustworthy running backs. Rank them as if you got to start them for week 14. Somehow, Rashad Penny has found his way onto this list, as well as David Montgomery and Miles Sanders. So we got Rashad Penny in there with some rookies. How do we rank them, Adam? Well, uh, I don't think Rashad Penny should be included in this, but 
if we're going to, he's last, so let's just get that out of the way. Uh, I mean, r- realistically, like, they're going to continue to split carries there. It's a situation where, I mean, Penny's going to continue to get work, but it's going to be in a limited capacity, and he's going to have better game script. So, like, I, I mean, there's definitely past the success there, and what he's done the last two weeks cannot be ignored. So, like, to me, honestly, all three of these guys are super close. Like, I, as much as I want to hate on Penny, like, the situation's great. He's on the best team of the three, so he's going to be in the most positive game script. Like, there, there's a lot of factors that point in a positive direction for him. Miles Sanders, uh, I mean, he's getting the most work that he's gotten, and Penny's still outproducing him. So, like... I, as much as I want to be confident in Miles Sanders, I've been confident in Miles Sanders all year, and he's not done anything. So to feel confident in him when he's, you know, finally being productive, feels exciting. But if you look at what Rashad Penny's done over the last two weeks, with the potential of Jordan Howard coming back, like I feel like I put Penny ahead of Sanders. And then you have the question of David Montgomery, and I find myself wanting to put Rashad Penny at the top of this list. And it 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 almost hurts me. <laughs> it really does. To because, you know, Josh might have been right. And they might continue to give him work. And with all three of these guys seeing limited roles and really, I mean, Miles Sanders is getting work in the passing game, which I like, but I feel like he's most likely to have his touches regress this week. If, you know, if Jordan Howard comes back, David Montgomery's in a situation where I don't think that I can be confident in him at all because unless the Bears are in a really positive game script, he's pretty much useless. So I think for me, it's Rashad Penny and then Miles Sanders and then David Montgomery. Man, this is an interesting group because, you know, you got Miles Sanders and Rashad Penny who are both really explosive and can make big plays out of nowhere. I mean, Miles Sanders had... I think 100 yards last week overall. Just, uh, yeah, right? overall he did. And then Montgomery had a decent week, like one of his better weeks. Um, and he's playing uh, average run defense. It's a cold, colder weather game, right? So, I mean, I feel like he could get kind of leaned on. But for some reason, I don't know. Montgomery is like my last one here. I just – I don't know why I put him last, but I just feel less confident and like a big play happening from him. And so I would – I don't know, man. You put Sanders last? No, no, no. I put Montgomery last, Sanders okay. in the middle, and Penny okay. on top. Yeah, I feel like Penny and, and Sanders can be switched on and off here, whoever you know you just want to roll the dice on. Um, but, man, I kind of feel know, like... The Eagles are at home against the Giants, too. Yeah, I'm going to go Sanders. Yeah, I'm going to go Sanders first. It's, it's tough. I mean, for me, really, it comes down to Jordan Howard. If Jordan Howard plays, I feel like you got to go Penny. If Jordan Howard is out again, then I think I think I'd go Sanders as well. And now that's, that's exactly how I see it. If if Howard is out, Sanders it becomes the number one guy because he offers everything I think that Penny offers as far as like being active in the passing game, being explosive. But his workload is safer if Howard is out. The worst part is, guys, we're not gonna know because <laughs> Sanders plays the night game. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's gonna be. Oh, that's yeah. annoying. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to just kind of take your shot. 
Maybe. Yeah, I mean, unless they get you an early announcement on Jordan Howard's status, that's, yeah, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's important to mention Jordan Howard hasn't been cleared for contact yet. Um, he hasn't played since week nine. But like you said, they don't play till Monday night. So it does, you know, it's a possibility, I guess, you know, it. it I feel like, you know, yeah, it's one of those things. You're either banking on Howard being out or not, you know, whether you want to take that risk, I guess. But I think I yeah. would take the risk. I mean, if he hasn't been cleared for contact, it's going to be pretty evident within a day or two. Yeah. I mean, we're recording this on Wednesday, so if you know you're listening to this on Friday, you probably already know by now if Jordan Howard's going to be playing or not. Yeah. If he's practicing, he very well could be playing. If he's still sitting out, then there's just no way. Yep. Sanders, Penny, Montgomery. Unless Howard plays, then we flop Penny and Sanders. All right. Um, hot and cold wide receivers. Rank them again as if you got to start them in Week 14. We have Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, who we did not sound very confident about earlier in the episode, and DJ Chark, an interesting name in this group. Uh, Josh, where do you go with this one, man? Uh, you know, I, I'm sitting, I'm going to sit Tyler Lockett until I see him do something because I think he's hurt, and we've said that already. Um, with with Minshew being back in, Chark kind of – is very interesting and Amari Cooper had a big game. So between the two of those, I, I trust, I trust Amari more than I do DJ Chark. I would, I would play, I would play Amari first, but they're playing Chicago and that's not a great matchup. Jacksonville has an, has also has not a great matchup against the chargers. So I'm going to go Amari Chark with Lockett in third place. Yeah, I, I agree with that order. I think it has to be that way, unless Adam has a reason not to. But I just feel like Amari Cooper gets so much love in Dallas. We know he's going to get targets. And Chark, we don't know if he's going to get targets. Like, it's one of those things where it just could be two targets, could be eight. You know, you never know what Chark's going to get. So it's like, or receptions, I should say. Um, so it's like, you never know, you know, Cooper is a pretty sure, sure bet as far as, like, he's going to get attention and the offense so i feel like cooper for sure then chark then Lockett because of our obvious concerns i'd be curious if adam has it any differently i mean you guys should be right but dj chark i love him i love him man i i mean Minshew's coming back like i feel like things are lining up for him in a good position and for me there's there's always this weird feeling with players who play on thursday night and I always kind of err on the side of caution with them. And I just, I mean, I think with Amari Cooper, like, I I don't think anyone would be shocked if he disappointed. So for me, I, I don't know. I, I honestly think I'd put Shark at the top. If I had to make the starting decision between Cooper and DJ Shark, like, God, it'd be tough. But I, I think I'd want to go with DJ Shark. I love it. I hate Amari Cooper as a person. As a human being, I hate him. So I'm glad to hear you Jesus. put Chark over him. <laughs> just bleeding silver and black Let's over just there. be honest, right? Let's just be honest over here, fellas. That's what we do at Glock Dodgers. So, all right. So you put Chark over him. I love it. I hope you're right. But, you know, when I'm giving this advice, Adam, I just got to uh, pay Cooper. But uh, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. It's fucked up, but I hope you're right. All right. Uh, the next one, the last one we have for Rankum, next season stud, most likely to be a next season stud, Devontae Parker, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Brown. How do we put these in order? 
I'm gonna jump right out of here and I'm gonna go with Parker first, baby. Devontae Parker, number one on this list. I know everyone is booing me right now. I know Adam's like this guy's fucking crazy, is off his rocker. I know you want to say Tyler Boyd. I know Josh wants to say AJ Brown. I guarantee I'm right about that. All right, let's see. I'm going Devontae Parker, Boyd, Brown. Let's see what you guys got. I mean, this is why this question's fun, right? I mean, we each got one guy, <laughs> one horse in the race. Um, I mean, yeah, I think I think we're all gonna stick with our horses. Like, <laughs> I think I think Tyler Boyd is my favorite of this group. Um, I mean, I love all three of these guys next year. I really do. I honestly think all three could be the lead wide receiver on their team. Um, I think Devonta Parker's breakout is is real. I mean, and that is crazy after five years. And every year, every year, every single year, people are touting him in fantasy. And people were doing it this year, too. I mean, I remember in early best ball drafts, some people talking about him. I think Todd uh, Todd from PA was talking about him. And it was just like, I, I felt like I was banging my head against the wall. Like, I don't understand how people keep going after him year after year. He's finally done it. And... uh my only concern for him for next year is no Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think that that's a real concern because um, Ryan Fitzpatrick does crazy things to wide receivers and he has them produce, you know, in ways that they, they don't produce otherwise. So unless Miami figures out the quarterback position, which I'm not confident in, I don't think I can put him at the top of this list. And AJ Brown, I mean, with him growing and with, Ryan Tannehill looking like just so confident. Uh, I, I honestly, I, I think we might see AJ Brown start to blossom here in this playoff run. And I don't know. I mean, I, I think that next year him and Parker are going to be really close for me. Um, I think I'd probably still stick with Parker just because he's, he's a fad. He's been, ah, no, actually, no, you know what? No, I'm going to go, I'm going to go AJ Brown second. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it's one of those things where like there's too much for Parker that just makes it seem potentially fluky and related to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like I'd love for him to prove me wrong. Cause it's a cool story, but I, I don't know. I think AJ Brown, I just feel more confident in with this sort of performance as a rookie in what I think is a better franchise, a better scheme. And with a quarterback who to me seems like somebody I feel confident in next year. Whereas with Miami, I just, I just don't see any confidence. And what's so funny is that quarterback you're talking about was Devontae Parker's quarterback for years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy, right? It's crazy how this stuff yeah. works. And I, I, I even had in a uh, clock Dodgers dynasty, I had Parker and Albert Wilson and I traded Albert Wilson and kept Parker. So I feel kind of good about that because Albert Wilson has done nothing and Parker has gone off. I was that's like, hey. true, and there were so many people on Albert Wilson yep. again this year, too. Yep. And that's why I moved him, because I'm like, nobody wants Parker. I still believe a little bit. So I'm like, I'll move Wilson and keep Parker. Like, whatever. I'll keep one of the two, and hopefully... Yeah. You know, Actually, out. no. I, I even, I'm going to cement this even more, because Devonta Parker's breakout has been directly linked to Preston Williams getting injured. Like, he was doing stuff before then, but not anything like the breakout that he's had since. And I think that Man, it, it very well could be related to Ryan Fitzpatrick slash Preston Williams and, and just, you know, consolidation. Bro, they're, ga- they're going to be a dynamic duo in Miami with Marcus Mariota throwing to them next year. After Ryan Tannehill took his team, he's going back to his old team. He's going to kill it. 
I want. I've basically put Mariota on every team at this point. It's like as if it's he's the only quarterback available. Proposition. <laughs> I gotta admit, like as someone who is still holding on to way too much Mariota. Ugh. <laughs> Josh, you put AJ Brown here on your list, as I thought. Yeah, okay. yeah, I put him number one. Fair I think good. the upside is there. I mean, as a rookie, he is number twelve in the league uh, in fantasy points over expectation per game. I mean, that's. That's fantastic. That's exactly what you want to see. And then I would put Tyler Boyd second because I think that Tyler Boyd is a very good wide receiver, but I think that we learned something about him this season. Like I think he's not a number one. He is a he's a quality number two. And, you know, maybe he can keep this going. Maybe John Ross coming back onto the field helps Tyler Boyd a little bit. But I, I just feel like we learn something about his ceiling this year. And I am afraid that Devontae Parker has as many good seasons as Jimmy World had albums. <laughs> None? <laughs> Dang, Devontae Parker, they still don't believe in you, bro. You shocked the world and they still don't believe in you, man. Five yeah. years in the making and they still don't want to believe in you. It's crazy. When did Ryan Tannehill take over the Titans? What week? Oh, I don't even know. Like 10, I'm going to guess. I'm kind of curious now because I'm looking at A.J. Brown's game log. I'm just curious where Tannehill started there. Um, yeah, I'm sure that it has something to do with that. Um, let me see. Okay. three. He started. Which game? Sorry. Which game? Which game? Earlier than I thought. He had 29 attempts in week seven, 16 in week six. Three, they four, probably like six, took the reins in weeks. Week six, and then they named him the starter the next week. So the Chargers would have been their his first full game, probably. Yeah. So from that point forward, AJ Brown had six receptions for sixty four yards, no touchdowns. Uh, two receptions for eleven yards and a touchdown. Four receptions for eighty one yards, no touchdown. One reception, seventeen yards, no touchdowns. Four for one thirty five and a touchdown, and then three for forty five yards and no touchdowns. So it's been kind of like up and down. But um, I don't know when Mariota was there. He had a hundred yard game. He had a two touchdown game. So I mean, he kind of flashed with both guys. That's a good thing, right? I mean, it's not quarterback dependent, I guess. At least um, I just don't expect consistency from a rookie. Yeah. Like you just want to see anything. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's fair. I like that we all stuck to our guys. The whole season couldn't change us. Whole season couldn't change us. All right, cool. Let's move over to locks for the week. Last week, Josh won, unfortunately. With who, Josh? Rashad Penny. Right. Rashad, Rashad Penny. Penny. This is one of those moments that I'm not happy about it, but you pulled it off, man. And because you won, is this your second week in a row? No, Adam had the one oh, before this. Like, okay. Didn't he? Yeah, I did. Damn, no one's had it back-to-back weeks yet. You but got... you know what Neil has done in back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back weeks? <laughs> Picked a guy one week early. And once again, picked somebody who scored less than five fantasy points. You know what? This is the week my week early stops because Zay Jones ain't doing shit next week. So this week. So. No. <laughs> oh. I'm all out on the Raiders. If anyone hasn't been aware yet, unless you're Josh Jacobs, go fuck yourself. Um, oh, and Darren Waller as well. Uh, otherwise, fuck you Raiders for wasting another season for me. Um, 
my flex lock. Well, let's go with Josh's flex lock of the week since he won. So who you who you got, Josh? You, okay. get the, you get the honor of stealing our guy first. All right, I like that. I like that. I'm going with Zach Pascal. So the the Colts are out of players. Eric Ebron is hurt. Everyone is hurt. Uh, I don't know why I started with Eric Ebron. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton, Devin Funches, you know, all of their guys. And in in their wake, Zach Pascal got 10, 10 targets last week. He did have a rough week before that with only one, but seven, six, six targets. He, We know he has ceiling. He has these blow-up games. And next week, if I'm not mistaken, they are playing the Bucks, And that'll work. So... Zach Pascal, lock him in. I Especially like if you're like an underdog in a playoff matchup. If you're a six seed and you've got Zach Pascal, lock him in. Lock him in. Adam, I'm going to give you the honor of stealing my guy in case you have him, so go ahead. I mean, I doubt it unless you're uh, piggybacking on my favorite team for once instead of uh, your your good old Raiders. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with a little home cooking here and uh, – I really like what Anthony Miller's been doing lately for the Bears. I mean, he's someone who, you know, after being injured last year, I just I, – I really felt like if he could put it all together that he, he had the potential to be something special. And over the last three weeks, I mean, they've been targeting him heavily. 11 targets, 9 targets, 13 targets. And last week, I mean, it was on Thanksgiving – everybody's watching and he just had a gigantic performance and i honestly think that they're going to continue to target him heavily and with them playing on thursday night there's definitely risk involved because you never know how teams are going to show up on thursday it's trubisky and i don't know how trubisky's ever going to show up especially in a tough matchup against dallas but all that being said like i just think that the targets are there the volume's there and he, he's a fantastic player, so I, I'm interested to see what he's able to do. And, and, yeah, I feel confident in him this week. All right. All right. I know Josh likes him, too. So, yeah, Josh and me secretly rooting for you as well, I guess. And I'm actually going to pick your... a guy that Josh likes also. And we just got done talking about my flex log of the week is A.J. Brown. I'm going to be so mad at you if you win with A.J. Brown. He's playing the Raiders. And if I didn't say it yet, fuck the Raiders. Um, he's playing the Raiders. He's going to crush what it. What a fair weather fan. I'm not you a fair weather so fan, terrible. man. I'm just very frustrated. I know. It's okay, dude. We all knew this was going to happen except for you. <laughs> Derek Carr is like, oh, two weeks ago, we were one of the stories of the league. Now, two weeks later, we suck. We'll be all right. I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure we will. So, yeah, A.J. Brown is in town, and yeah, I feel ironically, really good. They're playing the story of the league. Sorry, didn't want to steal your thunder, but go Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, A.J. Brown, I think, is going to do well against the Raiders. I see no reason why he shouldn't do well. There's nobody there to stop him. Um, he has all the tools, man. We talked about it. Even with the up and down weeks, even with you know targets being low sometimes or receptions, however you want to look at it, I still think he'll have a good week. It's not going to take a lot to have a good week. Um, the Raiders are susceptible to the big plays, and I just think I think he's going to do well, man. So AJ Brown is my pick. So AJ Brown, Pascal Miller. Yep. Hmm. Pretty good group there. I'm excited. I think I actually have a chance a this week. Fun one. I, I actually you, yeah. my first week with a chance, maybe. I might have another DFS week where I play all three of our picks. Do it. I did that once, and it'd be, it'd be a good lineup. <laughs> 
I put, and it did terrible because Neil's pick got two points. No, it wasn't even Neil's pick. It was stinking Corey Davis and D.D. Westbrook got me like zero points. Oh, fun stuff. Yeah, I played in DFS in a quarter league. Don't worry, guys. I got you. Gotcha. That's where I trust. That's where I trust your plays. All right. So I feel good about it. Let's go. Let's move over to Fowler. No foul. CNN recently ranked cookies for National Cookie Day. So Oreos are the best cookies you could buy in a grocery store. Foul or no foul? Foul. In a grocery store. It has to be that, guys. Yeah, I understand. That that changes things. But like the soft, the the chocolate chip, the soft ones, the chips ahoy. In the red package. Yep. Yeah. Those are legit. I guess this might be a hot take, but I think all store-bought cookies are bad. That's definitely a bad take. Not sure about how hot it is. Yeah, I I honestly, I was just trying to find out. I'm I'm about to Google. I'm going to start looking at packages, and and I'll find something that I I would actually eat. But, uh, yeah, no. If it's not homemade, I I have almost no interest. I also like those mint cookies. They're like Girl Scout ones, kind of. I mm-hmm. like those. those the, are legit. Do those count? Yeah, those they're store, store grocery bought. cookies. You, you can't buy them. No, not not store. not the Girl Scout ones, but they other brands sell those. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. The, the, okay, yeah, that that I'd see. It's legit. Like I, I've had off-brand thin mints before that are yeah. good. Yeah, they're pretty good. And Josh, the chewy ones, they got some other flavors. You ever try like, the s'mores and stuff, man? They got some good ones. Man. No, some good ones. You gotta give them a shot. Gotta I guess give them so. a shot. But yeah, but Oreo you know is ranked up there. Oreo said like. It, on CNN, they acted like it was hands down. Like, are you surprised to see this here? You know, people like to dunk them in milk and lick off the frosting, this and that. But, you know, Oreos aren't bad. I mean. Yeah, I, they're good. I can see I'm it. definitely going to eat three or four if they're in front of me. <laughs> Gosh, I'm looking at all these cookies and none of them seem appetizing. But I do want to drop. Have either of you guys had a brownie brittle? Mm-hmm. I haven't. Oh. Check it out. It's in the same aisle. It's essentially they're like brownie crisps. And uh, they have one that's salted caramel. And I think it's the most amazing thing. But yeah, that that's more my jam. As far as store-bought cookies go, I'm looking at a ton of brands here. And I am not interested in any of them. So yeah, uh, hot take. <laughs> I took I, I took you as a Nilla wafer guy, Adam. Ugh. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't know if I've ever had a wafer. Actually, don't do it. Yeah, it doesn't sound. That's appetizing. for like babies whose teeth haven't grown in yet and stuff. I'll eat those too, man. I know you will. Yeah, of course you would, Josh. <laughs> uh, what won't Josh eat? Honestly, besides meat, healthy, good stuff. Oh, you know what? Shout out famous Amos cookies. I used to eat those when I was younger, and they remind me of being a kid. So I'll. I'll if I. If I had to buy something that was a store-bought cookie, that would probably be it. A little nostalgia there for you, Adam. I respect it. All right. This week will be Eli Manning's last football start ever in the NFL. Foul or no foul? No foul. I think that could that could happen pretty easily. Adam? Yeah, I, I'm going to go with no foul as well. Come I on. See it. You guys yeah, suck. I think I think he probably retires after this year. Do you really think he goes anywhere else? No, nah, I mean, like, I don't think he wants to. I mean, maybe he does. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't like how it ended, and he wants to. You know, who's giving him a shot? Let's be honest. I mean, I the just, problem I is, I put Mariota on every single team so far, so Eli has no spot in the league. But I mean, how do you think Slayton's going to do with Mariota with Manning this week? 
Is that a good or a bad thing? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm guessing at this point in Eli Manning's career, he probably also doesn't work cheap. So that's probably going to really limit who's interested in him. Yeah, that's true. All right. Sorry, Eli. I tried to give you a last hoorah, but these guys don't want to give you none. They don't even like Devontae Parker anymore. So what do you expect, Eli? I'm sorry. All right. This got started by a user on Twitter named at, I want to say Yana Burt, Y-A-N-A-B-I-R-T. Not sure I pronounced it, but I'm asking it here. They said, or she said, you should ask for consent via text prior to sharing unpleasant news with your friends, foul or no foul. It's so interesting. I read this and my immediate reaction was, oh, that's a really nice thought. And then I thought about getting that text and it would freak me the fuck out. Hell yeah. Like, I think if you have a rapport with a friend where you already have like this idea of, you know, consent built in or you have like a very, I don't know, like personal development-esque relationship with someone where you both like hold each other accountable and stuff. If you have one of those relationships and this doesn't seem weird, maybe. But I think for your average friendship or your average relationship, all this is going to do is induce anxiety. And if you have (laughs) to tell someone something, like we live in a culture now where everyone is like so afraid of upsetting or triggering someone else. But like life is triggering. Everything out there is triggering. (laughs) Existence is triggering. Like we can't protect ourselves from the reality that is life. And I think sometimes if you have something hard to tell someone, it's a lot easier to like try and not tell them any way possible. I don't necessarily think that was the intent behind that at all. Um, But for me personally, I I think I'd rather just have someone tell me and I'll just deal with the repercussions of the news. Yeah. I kind of feel like if anyone, I mean, most guys can relate to getting that text from a girlfriend or a wife that says we need to talk and that's it. That's all it says. You're like, Oh shit. What the fuck is about to go down? And it's kind of like one of those, like if you got, Hey, can I have your consent to talk about something unpleasant? I'd be like, Oh, what the fuck is about to happen here? Maybe I don't want to give you my consent. Now you're scaring me. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those kind of things. So yeah, it is kind of weird, man. Josh, what is your uh, fatherly husbandy feel on this one? I feel like nobody ever asks me if I want consent. So <laughs> just just hit me with it. Don't scare me first. Yeah, it is scary. There is something about that fear. That 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 fair warning fear is real, man. Well, cuz nothing's worse than the unknown. So yeah. like that's the worst thing you can say. And who's going to say no? Like if someone feels like they have something unpleasant to tell you, you feel like you're obligated to say yeah. Otherwise, you're the guy who shut them down. I think that only works in a relationship. We've already built up that rapport. And that person knows like, oh, okay, that just means I tell them in a little bit. (laughs) Or like they'll let me know when to tell them. But like the average person just hasn't built that rapport. So it would seem very odd. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. Uh, Not a foul or no foul, but just questions for you guys. Has anyone seen The Irishman yet? uh, Why would anyone waste their time? I don't understand this. Well, that's why I want to get into it. Josh, have you seen it? I saw it on the Netflix menu. I I probably will watch it soon. Okay. Well, 
I will say this from my perspective. I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, it's not a great movie, in my opinion. And I have to say that because I feel like everyone is trumping it up as a great movie. Um, so it's not a great movie. The story is cool. Um, I enjoy the story. Obviously, the actors are all A-list actors and stuff. But like a little too long for it to be as slow as it is, in my opinion. And I'm not. Uh, and I couldn't get with like the uh, there's a lot of like CGI in it to make all these old actors look young at certain moments in the movie and I can't deal with it. Like let's just say there's a scene where De Niro is fighting a guy and he looks like 80 year old De Niro fighting a guy. If that makes sense, (laughs) but he's not supposed to be 80 year old De Niro fighting a guy. It looks ridiculous. It looks absolutely ridiculous. And I'm like, how did this get out? Like this is as bad as a Starbucks cup being on game of Thrones. Like, this shouldn't happen. Like someone had to have seen this beforehand. Like, well, wow, this does not look right. So, uh, yeah, some things kind of bothered me, but the story itself was cool. You know, and, and obviously I've, I've read up. I always do this thing where like, after I watch it, I kind of read when, if it's a movie, that's about a story that's sort of real. I try to see what's real about it. <laughs> and, uh, some of it sounds like it's a lot of fake stuff or not real or not confirmed, I guess you would say. Um, but yeah, it's a good movie, a good story, great actors, but just the CGI throws me off and I feel like it's a little too slow paced. I just feel like the, you know, the director is, you know, this big time director, everyone loves his movies and all the actors are great. So like everyone's like giving it more credit than it deserves, but that's just my opinion. I'm curious when, uh, when Josh or either one of you watch it, what your take is. So definitely let us know when you come back, if you ever see it, if you ever finish watching it, I'm just curious. That's all. I'll let you know. Also, I had a Popeye's chicken sandwich, guys, and it was great. <laughs> just for the record, just if, since we're talking about trendy things right now. But I will say I'm not a fan of thick meat. Pause. Not a fan of the thick meat. So what I did was I actually I'm so weird. I feel like I'm definitely a weird dude, but I actually sliced the chicken sandwich in half, like not made a sandwich, half a sandwich. I literally cut it the other way. Like, what would you call like that? Huh? And then, yeah, I butterflied it. Open it. face. Yeah, I, 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 well, I, I sliced it open, like butterflied it, and then put it, still put it on the sandwich, but like not on top of each other or nothing. So it was like still flat all the way across, and it was good. It was good. Not gonna lie, but I couldn't eat it. I actually really thick. like that idea because that's my biggest problem with like the Chick Fil A sandwich. Yeah, you know, I've yet to have the uh, Popeye sandwich, but they're basically the same sandwich. But I've heard from a lot of people that the Popeye's one's better. So yeah. I'll, I'll get around to it eventually. Yeah, I thought it was better. My wife didn't care for it as much, but when I butterflied it, man, it changed the game for it. So <laughs> you definitely got to do that. You definitely got to go that route. All right. Um, show and tell. Did either one of you bring anything to the class today to show and tell for the group? I, I just saw this and this is the most messed up thing that I've seen all day. And that is the wide receiver who was catching passes from Colin Kaepernick got an NFL job. I've seen the headline. I didn't click on it yet. <laughs> so he's oh, on They them. are trolling. Did you Colin hear how Kaepernick evil Adam's so laugh was? It's so evil. It is. I mean, my laugh was evil because what they're doing is evil. Like, it, it's just... Oh, my God. I didn't know that was happening. That was a genuine yeah, reaction. Job, but he yeah. is on Washington's team now. That's crazy. Do you know his name? No. Oh, I don't, okay. Of course. Oh, you Jordan, Jordan Vesey. Okay. Well, shout out to Jordan Vesey. And, uh, I don't know. You think he called Kaepernick before he took the job? Was like, hey, man, is this cool? Or 
I, I, yeah, I would imagine they talked probably. Yeah. And I would also imagine that Colin Kaepernick <laughs> is not in the NFL partially because of his own terms and conditions. So I don't think it's so horrible. Yeah, that's fair. Well, shout out to him. Hopefully he has a hopefully he has some success. That's all I can say. Um, Adam, you got anything? You know, the only thing that I was thinking about was uh, I, I over the weekend I had tweeted something out after a string of conversations happened on Twitter uh, regarding like music and and like music time frames, and I had tweeted out if you could remove or if you had to remove one of the following decades and never listen to that music again, which decade would you pick of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s? And it was wild how even the responses were. And then for at the end of it, the 60s to be the one that was voted on the most as people would get rid of it. It just seemed flabbergasting to me. Like I honestly thought going into it when I posted that, that the 60s would be the one with the least. Because I think a lot of people like define music as like starting, like the, the music we listen to today started in the 60s. You know, it started with people like Jimi Hendrix revolutionizing what is rock and roll. And, you know, there was so many things that were birthed out of the 60s that it seems so weird. And I don't know. I mean, to me, like, personally, I... I I would throw away the eighties in a heartbeat. Like when I posted that, that was for me just such an obvious answer, but it's been so fascinating to see like everyone's different takes on what they would get rid of and why. Um, Cause I don't know, like it's weird. The music, the people listen to and the did, things they get attached to. Did, and also the old people, hot takes in the comments where they're like, <laughs> I'd get rid of the music today. <laughs> yeah, you probably hear that more than anything. I'll admit like, when I first saw that, I, my first thought was 60s just because it's the furthest away. And I felt like, eh, they're practically gone anyways. But then the more I thought about like the actual music from that era, it, the 80s was the lowest quality. All I thought about was keep the 90s. I didn't give a shit about nothing else. That's so, like, what from you in the 90s jumped out to be like, yeah, that that I need to keep. All that, had, all, that, like, all, the music you all that had to stand out was Total Request Live, TRL. <laughs> That's all oh, I need. Oh, man. All right. Transition, man. Oof. As a kid, <laughs> I used to, every single day when I got home from school, watch TRL. Me too. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Carson so Daly. Good. Shout out to Carson Daly, yeah. man. Shout out. I Carson love that Carson Daly show. was such a part of our childhood. <laughs> <laughs> For real, yeah. Did did you come away with any reason why you think the sixty was was picked the most as far as like the least wanted? Was it just because it was the oldest? Like, is that what you think? Honestly, I mean, the poll got four hundred and fifty votes. So, like, my first thought when I saw it was, all right, well, maybe just the majority of people that are voting are younger, and you know, the younger you are, the more connected you are to more recent music. But like, I don't know. It just it it, it still seems so odd to me because yeah. like. When I was growing up, the '60s were thought of as like the the golden the years, the birth of music. <laughs> yeah. So for that, like, to not be the case in just 20 years later, like, it seems so weird. It seems so weird. But I don't know. I mean, that that's the only thing that makes sense to me. To me, like, it's just such a good question. It's so interesting. 
Because I felt like it had such an obvious answer. And not only was that not the most popular answer, but literally 75% of people said something else. So, like, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. Yeah, it and is. I think, like, different genres, too, really play into that. Like, if you're really a huge fan of hip-hop, like, the 1990s are probably all you really care about. Yeah. I mean, maybe the 80s, but, like, prior to that, you're, you're going to have, like, you know, deep influences but nothing that sounds like any music today so i get it from that perspective um but yeah i don't know definitely didn't expect the results that happened the 90s definitely hit me at that like right age you know where the 90s music will always probably be the most important to me kind of like michael jordan will always be the best basketball player ever but it, it like i also think it's the the decade where you get so many different genres of music had really good music. That's yeah, true. and a lot of people in the comments were, were like talking about music of today being awful, and I think it's so silly because I feel like that's such a um, – it's like an old person mentality because when you think of the music today, if you think awful, it's because you're only consuming awful music because you're probably just mostly listening to whatever they're playing on the radio. And it's like – music now has changed because of the internet to be this all expansive thing. And like, there's more music now than ever before, probably because there's more access and there are more people who are able to create. So to say that music today is awful is hilarious because it just means that you're not trying to find music that you like, or you're just so stuck in your ways that like, you're just automatically assuming before you even try to listen to things that it's going to be bad. Because there's so much music out there to like even have a perspective, good or bad, on the music today seems crazy. And it's so much easier to listen to it. Like, there are all these streaming services and other ways to just listen to whatever you want. You know, you used to have to either deal with the radio or go buy a CD or record the tape on your radio. Like recording yeah, radio. That was playing. the move. Was- <laughs> radio comes on, you gotta hit that uh, like record and play at the same time yep. kind of maneuver. Oh, that was good stuff. I remember that. Yep. And then when uh, CDs became popular, you would know the day they dropped and you would be at the mall or the CD store every single time that week to buy a new album. I used to have like a book. Like it used to be a, a pride factor. You'd have a book full of CDs, like the CD books. And you'd be like, yeah, look what I got, man. You get in your car and be like, yeah, what you wanna pick, man? Look at all these CDs I got, bro. Or burning CDs. Oh, yeah, then burning CDs became a hit. And you started selling them things. You want my mix. My mix is the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Music has really evolved, man. What a change. Now it's just all playlists. <laughs> it's all playlists. And it's funny, too, because, um, you know, it, it happens so quick that uh, my younger siblings are, are three and a half and six years younger than me. Both of them have, like, no affinity for albums. And I am such an album kid. It's very interesting, the difference. Like, I feel like no one who's, you know, 25 or younger cares about albums, basically. I mean, obviously, there's some exceptions, but the majority of people, they they just got raised in this culture of, like, on-demand listening. I'm going to listen to that one song that I know that I like, that they don't, you know, listen to an entire body of work. When, like, that's, to me, the most interesting thing about an artist is when I can put on an album and not have to skip a song. Right. If I can listen to an album and I like every single song you're doing something really well. Yeah. And the music industry has changed because of the, um, because of the, uh, damn streaming, um, that now artists, some artists will put out like 40 songs at a time just cause like they're just trying to get their stream numbers up. 
So they figure I'm gonna drop a whole album, 40 songs, and they're it's all gonna get played like crazy. I'm gonna make a gang a gang of money, you know, like that the industry is finally evened out, leveled out kind of like so streaming is actually paying off a lot for artists now. So yeah, they're trying to find ways to kind of, you know, make it work for them the best they can. So even just the way we consume music has changed. Like you said, maybe albums are less important now. It's all about singles, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's a different it's a different game, man. But it's still good. Good stuff, man. Um, I show and tell not to get I don't want to get dark here or anything, but uh, it's actually the passing of former Raider and Browns running back George Atkinson, the third uh, son of former Raider George Atkinson. His uh, mother dealt with paranoid schizophrenia and drug use passed in October of 2018 from Crohn's disease. His twin brother committed suicide on Christmas of that year. And now less than a year later, he's also taken his own life, apparently. So um, he, he wrote an open letter in October published by The Unsealed discussing like all the trauma, the tough times, how his two-year-old daughters would help him carry on, even though his mother just passed away and his brother, twin brother killed himself. Um, I say all this just to kind of, you know, remind people that, you know, you never know to check in on your family, your friends, just make sure everyone is good. Do your best to uplift people around you. And if you do feel like you're in one of those places, just remember you're not alone. We all struggle. You're in love greatly. And if you ever need it, don't hesitate to reach out to somebody or call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Pretty shitty news. I don't know if you guys seen it or not. Kind of seemed like it got overlooked a little bit. But uh, definitely interesting to go to theunsealed.com and read his his, his, his his open letter that he wrote when his brother passed and his mother passed because it's kind of insightful um, to see where he was at mentally at that point. Um, but yeah. Sort of tragic, but I just wanted to kind of put it out there because I think it's an important message. I know you guys feel strongly about that as well. So I wanted to share that. Um, that's all I really have for the show until I just didn't want it to get overlooked um, at all. Um, so let's go ahead and close this out. You guys don't have to be silent. It's okay. You guys can talk again. That was sad, man. That was sad. That's... It is sad. But I feel yeah, like it's I'm important. Shared, yeah, I feel like it's important. I feel like it kind of got overlooked. I feel like I didn't see a lot of people talking about it. So I just wanted to kind of bring light to it because it definitely sucks. Um. All right. So to close this bad boy out, Adam, you did mention your Twitter earlier. What's your last tweet, buddy? It wouldn't oh, be. Man. It wouldn't happen to be one where you tried to slander me, would it? I mean, it could be. If we're talking about like back and forth tweets. Let's, <laughs> let's see what your last tweet was. My last tweet was example A. That was at me. <laughs> Yeah, it was 100% at you. Yeah. Um, but my last actual tweet out is around the same topic, um, which was a reaction. So uh, Jeff Raffcliffe on Twitter uh, just yesterday tweeted out something that just set Twitter on fire with crazy hot takes. Um, he had tweeted, if you don't make the playoffs, don't be a dick and pick up players off of waivers. Your season is over, but there's still plenty of DFS and sports betting left. And that's even true for consolation brackets. Teams who don't have a shot at the title shouldn't impact teams who do. And my tweet was, the comments to this are a simple reminder that most people miss the playoffs, are losing players, and just want to watch the world burn. And Neil's included in that. <laughs> uh, I, w- I mean, there there are certain topics that I don't care so much about, but I do want to try to go back and forth with Adam about on Insta- on Twitter. So I do the same thing to Josh. It's pretty fun because I did follow up your comments to these are simple reminders. I also follow that up with comments like these are simple reminders that some fancy players who make the playoffs think they are privileged and expect a soft playoff run. And that's Adam. 
See, guys, this is the the hot fire that you're missing if you're not following us. Get on there and fucking argue with us. Stir these guys up a little more. Josh didn't even jump in because he was scared. You're probably promoting some article that just came out, right, Josh? (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely what I was doing. (laughs) And what article do we have this week, Josh? Uh, I've got my waiver article. Mike Gusecki on the front of it. He likes him so much he wanted to talk about him last week and this week. And the same question. He's breaking out, man. Go get you some Mike (laughs) Kaseki. He's breaking out. (sighs) I hope you're right, man. I I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a magician and everyone around him becomes better, but Mike Kaseki. Yeah, Adam wants us to believe that when Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't there next year that it's doom and gloom for these guys. I mean, I'm concerned, especially with Preston Williams going back. To me, he's still the best on that team. We'll see see Devontae Parker, baby. All right. Well, you can follow Adam at the other FF guy, just how it sounds. You can follow Josh at JC Crocker, just like it sounds. You can follow me at Clock Dodgers, just like it sounds. Of course, if we provide any value to you or entertainment, or even if you're even if we're just kind of white noise for people to kind of pass the time or fall asleep. We appreciate that still. So subscribe to the podcast app. If you're feeling extra given this holiday season and slide on over, give us a five-star review. Share us with a friend. Do something. We appreciate it. Do you guys have your Christmas trees up yet, by the way? I do. Adam, you got a little tiny one, like one of those six inches? No, no Christmas tree. Dude, they got sweet ones like for like 20 bucks that are like, you know, I don't know how big they are. How big are they at, Josh? You know? It was like, I've seen them. Yeah. Many ones, yeah. Yeah, they got the real ones too, man. They're only 20 bucks. I wanted them. I, I tried to tell me if it was just a stupid suggestion. I told my kids we can either get a Christmas tree, like, you know, a regular size Christmas tree, or you both can get small Christmas trees and decorate it however you want. I think that's kind of a cool idea. That was cool, right? Yeah, they, like that. they fucking passed they, on it. <laughs> they're like, we decorate the tree? No, no, no. no. That's your job. I thought it was cool. I thought it was I'm like, you know. be over here playing Minecraft. <laughs> exactly. I thought it was like, you know, having your own pumpkin, you decorate your pumpkin. I thought it was something like that. Like, kind of cool, you know? That's actually a really neat idea, but uh, that's kids for you, man. Yeah. They're just there to ruin all your good ideas. Of course, they were like, well, we can get the big one and get the little. I was like, no, no, no. You're choosing one <laughs> or the other. That's how we're playing this game. Now I kind of want to get my own Christmas tree, a small one, just to kind of show them, like, oh, this is what you missed out on. That's what you missed out on, buddies. So, yeah, that's it. So, you guys need to get your shit up. You said, Adam, Josh, you said you do get yours up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Katrina is fantastic. She put it up. Good job, man. <laughs> you better start chipping in over there, man. You can't just teach, and that's lights. it, man. I got to do the lights this weekend. <laughs> I'll try to get that done. Good stuff. All right, guys. Well, that's our episode for today. As always, be kind, be great, keep dodging. <laughs>